and nutrition has such a uh, well, diet and lifestyle factors have, have such a profound impact on how we experience life, whether that's joint pain, whether that's fatigue, whether that's how we sleep, whether that's, you know, and there's nothing, nothing impacts our experience of life more than mental health. You're listening to the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast, the show that blends science and heart to bring you evidence-based tips and tricks for cultivating a healthy, wealthy, and meaningful life. Now, here's your host, therapist, yogi, and fellow Full Life Balancer, Dr. Caitlin Harkis. Hi there. Today on Wisdom for Wellbeing, I'm joined by Ben Warren. Ben is a leading clinical nutritionist in New Zealand and the founder and clinical director of Be Pure Health. When they say one door closes, another door opens, that is exactly the case for Ben. The health condition that effectively ended his professional golf career was also his entry point into the natural health sphere. Empowered by his healing through nutrients, diet, and lifestyle, Ben set off on a mission to share this incredible knowledge with others, and that is exactly what he does with you here today. He'll talk you through how nutrients underpin everything from your physical to your emotional health. And in fact, Ben is currently completing a PhD in this area, exploring the link between mental health and nutrients. He'll also talk you through the bi-directional relationship of mental health and gut health and the multiple systems that are involved in this. He'll give you 10 tips for better gut health. And I've also created a little checklist, a little handout on this. So don't worry if you don't get them all down, you can head to the show notes after and download it there. Ben introduces you to something that he highlights as being maybe a bit controversial, but how your modern diet will never provide you all of the recommended daily allowances of the nutrients you need, let alone the suggested optimal allowances. So Ben talks you through how you can supplement to support your optimal health, your well-being, and the opportunity to go forward and thrive. But without further ado, let me introduce you to Ben himself. Wisdom for Wellbeing. I am delighted to have you joining us here today. Thanks very much for having me, Caitlin. It's my pleasure. And I guess just to maybe start off with introducing yourself, you know, listeners know a little bit about your background and, you know, your incredible Mm -hmm. history working with food for various, you know, challenges that people might be experiencing. Would you dive in a little deeper, introduce yourself and how you came to be here? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, hi everybody. I'm Ben Warren. I'm a yeah, clinical nutritionist. Uh, I'm, I'm founder of Be Pure Health, and um, which is a, a health group of companies in New Zealand, and a clinical director of, of the Be Pure Clinic. So, we probably have New Zealand's largest natural health clinic. Uh, it's based in Auckland. Um, I never intended to be a nutritionist. I actually intended to be a professional golfer, and uh, I, I, have, I was a very good golfer. I'm originally from London. Got a golf scholarship to the US. And uh, coming at met a, met a, met a Kiwi, met a, met a New Zealand girl. And so I'm kind of like a, a, a souvenir from her OE that she brought me back to New Zealand. And the natural progression was to become a pro golfer. And, but I had a, a, back, a back injury that was kind of career ending back injury and became a professional golf coach. And in my search to sort of get my back sorted, I was going through a lot of uh, different trainings around the world, like learning about the body and 
performance. And I met a lady that just looked at me and she said, listen, Ben, it looks like your back problems are getting caused by a food intolerance. And I was like, my gosh, how can a food intolerance give me a bad back? And, and she started to explain that, that, that we have, you know, shared nerve innovation from spinal segments and that if you're eating foods that shut down your small intestine, you're going to then start shutting down the muscles that stabilize your pelvis. Uh, and she, she was like, it looks like it's dairy, um, which obviously I looked at her and was like, You're, you must be mad to think that dairy's giving me a bad back. And then she proceeded to say that, you know, it's probably maybe dairy because I didn't breathe very well through my nose and my head migrated forward so I could breathe better through my mouth. And, um, and so I was like, you know, very scientific in my approach to health. And I was like, well, surely there must be a test that I could do to see this. And she uh, said, like, you need to do an IgG, IgA, ELISA blood test to see if your body's building immune molecules to the food you're eating. So we did this test and lo and behold, it came back. I had a very severe immune response to dairy. So I, I, I cut up dairy and, um, my back didn't get better straight away, but within just a couple of weeks, the asthma that I'd had since I was about six or seven years old uh, mysteriously just disappeared. And, and I, I, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, how, how did I not know that the food I was eating had such a huge impact on, on my experience of life? Uh, and so in, in that moment, it turned off me wanting to hit golf balls and turned on this kind of a insatiable desire to understand the human body. And so then spent a, a number of years retraining in, in human performance nutrition, uh, ended up getting a master's degree in, in holistic nutrition, and uh, 16 years ago, uh, started out off in clinical practice. And so uh, since then, just been trying to help as many people as I can. That's such an incredible story, Ben, you know, particularly that experience of something so unexpected, like a, a back pain being linked to food, you know, that's oh, yeah. something that really catches yeah. me because I, I would have had no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it, it was crazy. And I mean, I haven't had back pain now in over 15 years. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's incredible. And it just shifted my, my life in a moment. And uh, it's, it's been a fun ride ever since. And it's evident, you know, in the way you're talking about this, what a passion it is for you. And, you know, you've gone on further. So you're looking at and completing a PhD, actually looking at mental health and nutrition. So can you tell us a little bit mm -hmm. about that? Yeah, yeah. So for me, I've always, I guess, from that, 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 personal experience I've always been interested in how how um, how we can shape our experience of life and nutrition has such a uh, well diet and lifestyle factors have, have such a profound impact on how we experience life whether that's joint pain whether that's fatigue whether that's how we sleep whether that's you know and there's nothing nothing impacts our experience of life more than mental health and so you know if we're not feeling uh, if you've got anxiety or you're feeling depressed, that, that has a, a dramatic impact on your whole experience of life. And so um, I, I was, yeah, a number of years ago, I was very much interested in a, in a molecule that, that I've come across clinically. Um, and, and it's a pyro molecule. And so I ended up chatting to, to Dr. Professor Julia Rutledge. She's one of the, um, she's probably the leading um, researcher in the world with nutrition and mental health. So she, she literally treats mental health conditions with a multivitamin. Uh, it's not any old multivitamin, it's very complete. It's also, she uses it at dosages which um, are considered medications. So she's giving people a lot of a multivitamin. So up to like 15 caps, uh, uh, sorry, 12 capsules a day of one particular product they would be taking. So it's not just taking one a day, it's taking a high dose. And anyway, um, so I got talking to her about this molecule uh, and she was just like, you know what, that, that would make a really good PhD. 
And I was like, oh, okay. And so, yeah, so here I am nearly four years in. I'm doing it part-time because life's very busy as well. I've got a family, a business and all that sort of clients, all that sort of stuff. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm four, four years in and uh, we were looking at um, treating people. I actually had a trial running that actually got, we had to stop because of COVID lockdown. But we were, we were treating people with anxiety, um, with high dose zinc and B6 um, and using a urine metabolite as a treatment predictor. So there's this... Uh, um, pyrrole um, within the within the urine that, that is uh, associated with um, it tends to bind zinc apparently and uh, increased excretion of zinc which then people get zinc deficient and we know zinc is incredibly important for mental health and so they then express a variety of mental health conditions um, anxiety being one of the lower grade ones that you can work with that's incredible. And what captures me too, is that you're, you're marking it, you know, with, um, with looking at what's kind of this marker in, in people's urine too, that there's an individualized component to it. So you're noticing what's going on for the individual, seeing if this is appropriate Absolutely. and then using specific, you know, vitamins, zinc B12 in this case to, to support that individual to work. I shouldn't say work through, but I guess it shows that there's this real physiological component to anxiety and a host of other yeah. mental health conditions. Absolutely. You know, there's a biochemical aspect, you know, it's, it's very complex and I'm by no means at all saying that, that this is a magic bullet solution for everybody. Um, and the results, you know, too early to talk about them, but they were looking promising. Um, but but at, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's a strong biochemical aspect to how we think and feel. And, and so for me, it's about optimizing the potential to think and feel from a biochemical aspect as much as possible, as well as doing all the wonderful things that we can do, you know, like sunshine, getting in nature, human connection, you know, meeting all these needs that we have as human beings, you know, is going to be obviously uh, very important for our mental health as well. Yeah, well, in psychology, we work from you know, the biopsychosocial framework. So the biological is an important component in cultivating mental health and thriving. You know, when you describe your life, Ben, you know that you are so busy, you're juggling all of these different things. I wonder if that would be possible if you hadn't taken care of, of your home, you know, your body first. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm a, a huge believer. I, I do not believe it would be possible for me to do what I do without, you know, the diet I eat, without the supplements I eat, without, you know, meditation, you know, the exercise, the, the support from home life. I have, you know, an incredible wife who, who <laughs> looks after the farm and, and the children while I travel and talk. And, and so, you know, like even that alone, I wouldn't be able to do this if, if I was a single guy. So, um, yeah. And, and just to highlight, it's not just looking after the average home, it's looking after a farm. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, we grow about 80% of the food we eat here. Um, and so um, that, that was when I retrained in nutrition. That was one of the things I was really, really, uh, when I started learning about nutritional deficiencies and deficiencies in the soils and modern farming agriculture, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to grow my own food. And so um, that was kind of one of, the, one of the things I set as a goal for myself is to kind of grow as much food as we could. That's incredible. And I'd be keen to come back to that, to looking at, you know, how maybe, you know, a carrot isn't always the same as any other carrot and looking at, you know, where, where our produce is coming from. But I guess just to sort of start on the track of gut health, because this is something, sure. you know, that you, as many other topics are also an expert in, and we're learning more and more about in the mental health field, how much it is an influencer in our sense of self and well-being. So would you share a little Absolutely. bit about... Yeah, what gut health yeah. is and how it links. 
Sure. Yeah. Great. I, I, for me, I, mental health and the gut health, like they're, they're my two areas of, of real deep passion. And, they, and, and so as they fold over and, and there's, there's a lot of crossover. Um, so what is gut health? I mean, gut health, essentially, we're looking at this process of digestion, assimilation of the foods we eat into becoming us. Uh, so through the digestive system, you know, now, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine. So it's a 20 to 30 foot long tube with various sections where it occurs. And uh, so, you know, how do you know if you've got gut issues? Well, if you've got acid reflux, heartburn, indigestion, food repeats on you, um, you get bloating, belching upstairs, gas production downstairs, um, you're constipated, you have diarrhea, you have a, a diagnosis of an inflammatory bowel condition, we know you've got a gut issue. Uh, so that's sort of like... A, <laughs> All incomes, but a lot of people don't realize is that their gut issues are driving conditions elsewhere in the body. So, we you know a strong association between autoimmune conditions and rheumatoid arthritis and joint pain from gut, and there's a, a very, very strong association between mental health conditions and gut health. And so, um, I'll start off with sort of animal studies and, and then kind of go through to what that means for us in the for humans and, and kind of talk about some of the mechanisms. So yeah, starting at the animal model side, we know that if you if you if you take a, a regular mouse and um, uh, with that regular mouse, when we start looking at the microbiome, which is the sort of the the, the bacteria and microorganisms that live within our intestines, um, particularly our large intestine, is is if you then take take that mouse and take the microbiome as well. That first mouse, it's let's say it's not exhibiting any anxious behavior at that stage. It's just you know a regular happy mouse. And um, what you then do is you take a mouse who who is exhibiting anxiety, and you take the microbiome out of the mouse with anxiety, and you put that microbiome in the in the happy mouse or the non-anxious mouse, I should say. Um, the that that non-anxious mouse will start developing anxiety because it has the microbiome of the anxious mouse and so um so kind of like really talking to the fact how the gut um is talking to the brain and 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 driving these you know contributing factor to anxiety but then on the other side what they then did is again took a, a mouse with a regular microbiome who didn't have anxiety and they 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 did some forced swim tests where you basically force the mouse to swim and over time the mouse starts developing anxiety about swimming uh, and so then they then looked at the microbiome and they found that the microbiome had shifted to become more of an anxious microbiome uh, and so what we're seeing this bi-directional relationship between the, the mouse uh, microbiome and the neurochemistry in the brain and the neurochemistry in the brain and the microbiome. So both of them are impacting both of these. So we see this again in human studies um, with irritable bowel syndrome is that, you know, people with irritable bowel syndrome and inflammatory bowel condition, um, you know, ha have a greater prevalence of anxiety. And yet people who have more anxiety also have a greater prevalence of IBS. And so it's sort of like it's a chicken, chicken or egg situation. Same deal with depression. You know, uh, a lot of the research now with depression is, is really pointing to depression being an inflammatory disease um, from, a, from a biochemical point of view. Um, and, and so it's then looking at where is that inflammation coming from. And of course, um, the digestive system is, is you know, the home of our immune system, so up to 80% of our immune molecules are located in the digestive system. A large proportion of our T regulatory cells that regulate our immune system are in the, in the digestive system. And so a lot of the inflammation is often being driven in the gut. Um, and so there's a number of mechanisms that the body is talking to the brain uh, and the gut's talking to the brain through the central nervous system. Um, 
the, the HPA axis, which is really a, a hormonal feedback system, the enteric nervous system, the immune system, neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. So up to 80% of your serotonin is synthesized in the gut, 50% um, of dopamine. Uh, and so there's a lot, of, um, a lot of mechanisms that the gut is talking to the brain and, and communicating how we think and feel on a daily basis. That's quite incredible. It sounds like all of these systems are operating together. And when you talked earlier about, you know, it's not necessarily just as simple in the case of some as taking, you know, the vitamin, it sounds like it's about figuring out what specifically someone needs to affect their system, given that all of these components are interacting. Absolutely, 100%. And, and so for me, it's a very personalized approach. Um, always, you know, when you're working with clients, it's, 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 you know, obviously, we're primarily working in the field of nutrition and diet lifestyle factors. But again, you, you're looking at what does that individual need? Um, and, and, you know, how can you how can you meet that need um, and that could be at a nutritional level but it also could be at a diet lifestyle or or, or um, more social aspect yeah would you be able to just speak because you mentioned 80 percent of serotonin and you know 50 percent of dopamine being produced in the gut would you mind just explaining why that's significant in case listeners are like i feel like i've heard of serotonin before sure. but maybe don't yeah. have the the connection yeah, so serotonin is, you know, it's uh, it's kind of classed as our as our happy happy hormone. So it's 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 the one that you know originally a lot of a lot of um, medications for depression uh, work on on uh, recycling serotonin within the body within the brain, um, and so it's one that's traditionally been pointed to as a a key pathway or a lack of serotonin that's associated with depression. Although a lot of research is now pointing at showing it's a lot more complex than that. Um, so the serotonin that's synthesized in the gut is uh, is primarily synthesized by the beneficial bacteria that are, that are residing there. Um, just to be completely clear and transparent with people, it's, it's th that serotonin is too big a molecule to cross the blood-brain barrier, but the the precursors are can cross the blood-brain barrier. And serotonin has a lot of other roles throughout our whole body. And, and then the dopamine. Blood, sorry, with the blood-brain barrier, the reason uh -huh. that that's important is because the serotonin that's in our brain is different, and that's the one that is affected, um, like influences our mood more. Can you explain a little bit about about that process of crossing the um, blood brain barrier, the precursors? Sure. Yeah. So what, what, what happens is um, serotonin being, being a big molecule can't get through this kind of filter of a membrane we have around our brain. And so, but what happens is all of the building blocks to build that molecule can pass through and then it gets constructed once it's within the brain. Uh, and so it's the same molecule, but um, it's just too big to get over. But what happens is like the little building blocks can pass through. And so again, these beneficial bacteria within our guts are making the precursors um, to serotonin, which, which can kind of pass the blood brain barrier. And then, uh, and then dopamine, you know, dopamine is very much our reward, uh, kind of motivation uh, neurotransmitter. And, and so again, a large percentage of this is, is made in the gut as well. And with regards to then, so it's made in the gut and we know that what's going on in the gut, particularly the bacteria is affected by stress, but also like affects our levels mm. of stress or anxiety, depression. How, how do we, how do we help our, our guts feel better? You know, what do we need to do sure. to enhance our, our gut health? <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give you, um, I, I give you sort of like 10, 10 tips if you like for your listeners yeah, um, that, that we can do for, for gut health. And if they want to know more about this, I've got a, you know, uh, 
uh, a YouTube um, seminar that people can watch. So, and and, and, and I'll so, put the I'll put the link to that seminar in the show notes, listeners, so you can um, you can go direct there. And I've I've been listening to it myself. It's incredible. So thank you for that resource as well. Uh, then. You're welcome. No, my pleasure. So yeah, first thing would be breathe is breathing diaphragmatically. So breathing into your tummy diaphragmatically. So this is going to stimulate your parasympathetic nervous system, uh, the vagus nerve, which is, provides a lot of nerve innovation for the digestive system is on the parasympathetic. So basically it means we have to be relaxed in order to be able to digest our food. Um, and so if, you know, if, if we want the first step when it comes to having better gut health is reducing stress. And so this is a, a stress management strategy or stress reduction strategy. So breathing into your tummy. Um, the second thing I'd look to do to improve your gut health would be to chew your food more. There's enzymes in your saliva. Um, and so the more we can break down the food, um, from a mechanical aspect of chewing or from a from an enzyme perspective the greater chance that we're going to then absorb those nutrients and the greater chance or, or the lesser chance that our immune system will tag those foods as an invader and and, and attack attack them and i'll talk more about that in just a moment um, another third thing that people can do is to start their day with just lemon and lemon juice and some water i know it's a common thing people talk about but you know, we really want to support that hydrochloric acid production and get our digestive system kind of up and running in the morning. And that's something that's going to support that acid production because that acid is very important to breaking apart proteins so we can absorb the amino acids later in the digestive system. So then we start getting more into the nuts and bolts of foods and what to eat and what not to eat. Uh, so my fourth tip for, for gut health is, is going to be to um, really move away from and trying to minimize gluten containing foods as much as possible. So gluten containing gluten is a protein that's found in wheat, barley, and rye. And for a variety of reasons, um, a lot of people really struggle to digest and break down this protein now. And, and so whenever we eat any food, our immune system has to look at the foods we're eating, particularly the proteins and decide, is this protein food or is this protein a virus or a bacteria because viruses and bacteria are just proteins too and so for many of us our immune system is recognizing gluten as a virus or a bacteria and, and it's it's triggering an immune response and uh, inflammation which is then um, you know driving gut issues and dysfunction within the gut so yeah moving away from gluten a fifth tip um, would be to focus on whole foods. So you're really trying to move away from the packaged processed, high sugar foods and, and literally focusing on the whole food. So eating the whole food. So like very much thinking about the outside of the supermarket. Again, spoken about a lot, but you're really trying to focus on eating um, vegetables. Uh, so fruit and vegetables being the primary source of carbohydrates in our diet is going to be fantastic so i'm not a i'm not a, a vegan or anything like that but i'm still a, a huge advocate of a plant-based diet so even if you're eating some meat ideally the base of your diet should be plants um then from there we're moving into some more kind of um i'll give you a couple more general um exercise Exercise very, very important for gut health, for gut motility. So having, having the food uh, and the wastage from that food moving through your digestive system, we need to move. Another aspect that's very important for that is, is drinking adequate water. Um, so part of the role of the large intestine is to recycle water. And so if you, if you start getting dehydrated, it's going to greatly increase the risk of constipation. Um, so if you're 60 kilos, I like people to drink two liters a day, 75 kilos, two and a half liters, 90 kilos, three liters of water a day. Um, 
And then from there, we're, we're getting into fermented foods. Uh, and, and so fermented foods are foods that, that contain beneficial bacteria within them. So the, you know, sauerkraut's going to be you know, probably a very easy one for people. Um, obviously, yogurt and coconut yogurts if you're dairy intolerant. But, but what you're doing, you're providing sources of beneficial bacteria. Um, and even though they may not survive, the research shows that even dead beneficial bacteria is beneficial to your microbiome and to your immune system. Um, so then moving into um, incorporating uh, broths into your diet. So broths, uh, of, like chicken broth, bone broths, are very, very beneficial. They have a, a good source of a molecule called glycoaminoglycans, which uh, is very, very beneficial for healing the intestines and rebuilding the intestines. Um, and then from there, the final tip would be to know your transit time. And so um, your transit time is your time of food in to the food out. So it's in, in one end, out the other end. And, and th th that should be 12 to 24 hours. And so for a lot of people, they're constipated. And, and a lot of people, their transit time, you know, a lot of people at seminars, I'll ask, you know, put a show of hands, you know, like you know, who has a bowel movement every day? And a lot of people will have a bowel movement every day. But I get them then to do the transit time test. And, and, that, and it's taking four days for the food to go through them, which is way too long. And so that's then, um, it's kind of like you're, when you look at your, your digestive system, you want it, want it like a nice gently flowing stream. You know, you don't want to have stagnant pools in there because then you start breeding unfriendly bacteria. Um, and, and that drives dysbiosis, which is this, the, a condition within the gut where that bacterial levels get thrown out. Uh, and so um, there's some really kind of fun ways you can test your transit time. Um, it's you know, probably one of the easiest is, is by eating corn on the cob and it's yeah. the exception to the, yeah, exception to the chewing rule. So you're just going to bite and swallow and then you get to play spot the corn. And, and so, you know, you start, start when you eat the corn. Fun when you game spot for corn, everyone. Fun, yeah, fun family game. And um, yeah, and so it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity for people to check in with their body, check in with their stress levels. Cause again, often with people, when they get a little stressed, the transit times will tend to get slower. They'll tend to be more constipated for most. I mean, some people will go the other way. Um, but yeah, so there's a, there's an opportunity on a daily level to really check in on your digestive system and just start paying attention to, Oh, what foods did I eat? You know, am I feeling bloated? Um, you know, what's changed for me to be feeling this way um, and, and start listening to your body. Because at the end of the day, you know, many of the signals we need to maintain our health, um, we, we, you know, we, we can get from our body if we're listening. That's incredible. And that's like an incredible depth to those tips. So we've got breathe into your stomach, chew your food more, um, starting the day with lemon water, avoiding gluten, um, eating whole foods, exercising, drinking water, eating fermented foods. I think you mentioned sauerkraut and um, mm -hmm. yogurt as a way to start things that people have heard yeah. about. Look at incorporating broths if you, um, if you do eat meat. Um, and then the, talking through the daily bowel movements and the corn trip. <laughs> That's yeah. um <laughs> the cool trip, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well that's that's great. So with with this, like what if you know, you mentioned um, that the parasympathetic nervous system was uh -huh. the one that we were, you know, trying to stimulate with the, for instance, diaphragmatic breathing, which 
just for listeners who maybe are less familiar with that term, parasympathetic nervous system being the part of the nervous system that controls our relaxation response. And I've heard it called, this would actually maybe align well with this conversation, Ben, the rest and digest system as opposed to the fight and flight system. So with that going on, if someone's following these tips and maybe still having challenges, what, what would you recommend? You know, would this be a place where they, you know, start looking at nutritional supplements or what would be, what would be the place from here? Yeah, that's a great, great point. Um, So for me, there's some key nutrients that if you're deficient in, you're going to have gut issues. So vitamin D is one of them, um, the sunshine vitamin. But uh, I know actually in in New Zealand, we we have very, uh, you know, we're very inadequate with a population level of vitamin D. And and I've seen some studies in Australia, it's very similar, because you obviously, you know, many of us, we're frightened of the sun, right? We don't want to get sunburned. And so uh, vitamin D is very important. Um, Zinc is also very, very important. And then also, vitamin a so for me it's um making sure we've got you know adequate base nutrients um and then from there i would be looking at if people have upper digestive system problems so they you know get a lot of um food repeating on them, for example, or, or bloating, I'd be looking to give them a product that, that has some hydrochloric acid in and some digestive enzymes to help the food break down in the upper part of the digestive system. And then if people have um, more, you know, tendency to say constipation or diarrhea or unformed stools, um, then you'd be looking at more coming in from a probiotic perspective to, to really support that system. Now, there's a couple of caveats to this is, is that if you've got a problem anywhere in the digestive system, you, you're going to have a problem elsewhere in the digestive system. I'll give you an example of this. I had a, had a, a 14-year-old client come in with her mother for stomach ulcers, and they'd just come back from the, um, the gastro specialist and um, you know, the, been, been, been looking at everything for the stomach ulcers. She was on, on medication uh, to, to stop her body producing acid for the stomach ulcers. And we spoke about transit times, and she was having one bowel movement every seven days. And so, you know, like she was constipated, she was massively constipated. So I said to her, you know, describe to me, describe to me what happens when you eat. And she's like, well, whenever I eat, I feel the food doesn't go down. And, and, and then I, and then, and then I get, you know, acid reflux and, and, you know, apparently I have a stomach ulcer. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking, it sounds to me like the, the tube's full. You know, like she's having one bowel movement every seven days. It's a 20 foot, 20 to 30 foot long tube. It's probably full. It can't go down. And so we, we just got our bowels working and, and her stomach ulcers disappeared. Or, um, and so, you know, if you've got a problem anywhere in the digestive system, you're going to have a problem generally elsewhere. So generally, I like to support the whole digestive system from the top down with some enzymes, some hydrochloric acid and then also some probiotics. With probiotics, um, there's a lot of different probiotics out there, a lot of research for different effects, actually a lot of probiotics now um, for mental health, um, good research around a number of probiotics for mental health. Um, and, but but I, the research for me is very much showing that the broader, wider, more diverse our microbiome, um, that's coupled with better health, better outcomes. And so I'm, I'm kind of a fan of, of, of getting a, as, as many different beneficial bacteria um, into our bodies as possible. And, and obviously food is still going to be our first port of call for that. 
Beautiful. So food being the first protocol, and I, I really liked how you, you know, broke down for us that there's like the upper digestive system and sort of the lower. And I, I suppose I'd heard of probiotics, but wasn't as familiar that that was specifically targeting a portion of the digestive system. And we need to be mindful, as you said, if there's a problem in one area, there might be a problem in another area. Mm. Um, ben, yeah. so I mentioned sort of uh, via email, I, um, I'm a vegan, so I know that, yeah. <laughs> that I would be, you know, being mindful of specific diet requirements that, for instance, wouldn't necessarily be covered in incorporating broths. And there's other elements that go that go there. And I know a number of sure. listeners might be, um, you know, 100% plant based as well, or primarily what, mm-hmm. what would those of us who have dietary requirements like that need to be considering to keep ourselves yeah, healthy? Yeah, that's a great, great point. So, um, so first and foremost, I think if we go right back to um, trying to get all of the nutrients we need from our diet in the modern world, it is, um, it is, you know, how I came to this was when I did my master's in nutrition many years ago, um, I had to get the most comprehensive nutrition analysis software on the planet. And this software was tied into the USDA database of the nutrients found in food. And so uh, I was super excited to get the software and I had the paper coming up. And so I, I, I put my diet into the software, which is a you know, very, very healthy, balanced diet, which, you know, like um, a lot of leaf, leafy greens three times a day, quinoa salad. Uh, I had tuna for protein, chicken drumsticks for protein, etc. So very, very healthy, balanced diet seeds, nuts. And I analyzed my diet and I was shocked to see I was deficient in five key nutrients, um, eating a really good diet. Uh, and, and so I then sort of blogged about that and people started emailing me their diets and asking me to analyze their diets. And so I started analyzing kind of like more regular people's diets. Um, and what I found is that they were massively deficient in, in nutrition. And so that, that took me down this whole road of really looking at um, the nutrients in food and nutrient density of foods and the, the, the impact of freshness on nutrient density of foods. Um, and, and that's you know, obviously led me to wanting to grow my own food. Um, and so for me, I'm going to make a big statement, but uh, the statement is that in the modern world, it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to get even your RDAs from your diet. So the RDAs are the minimum recommended daily allowance. They're the minimum we need not to have a disease deficiency. All right. And so you know, 150 micrograms minimum we need not to get a goiter in our thyroid um, and or, or you know, 65 milligrams of vitamin C. That's the minimum we need not to get scurvy. Um, and so it's, it's actually quite difficult for a number of nutrients. So for me, as a base recommendation for everyone, I recommend everyone take a high quality multivitamin and you know, a high quality omega-3 supplement. So, so then as you start cutting foods out of our diet, it then becomes exponentially harder. Um, and so, you know, so obviously plant-based is, is huge benefits um, in a number of areas, but one of the, one of the challenges with it is, is that there are going to be a number of nutrients that you're going to struggle. And so B12 is obviously, you know, an absolute obvious one, um, you know, get, getting adequate B12, especially for your menstruating females, uh, you know, B12 is required for the synthesis of hemoglobin, so red blood cells. Um, and so you, you, you're going to be need, needing to replenish B12 at a high level. B12 is very, very important for energy production at a cellular level. So if you, you know, if you haven't got enough B12, you are going to be tired. Um, and and another, another nutrient is going to be zinc. Um, so uh, again, zinc is, um, 
uh, very, very, there's over 300 enzymes that are zinc dependent in your body. So uh, when your, your production of hydrochloric acid, that the parietal cells is zinc dependent. The, uh, the tightness in epithelial cell junctures is zinc dependent. So it's very, very important for gut health. It's very, very important for the production of serotonin, that feel good, happy hormone. Serotonin is zinc dependent. Um, brain derived neurotrophic factor, very, very important for, for depression is zinc dependent. So having adequate zinc is, is vital for everybody. And again, uh, plant-based, it's, it's very, very difficult to, to get, to get the zinc levels in. Um, and then the third one would be vitamin D. So vitamin D, yes, we do make it from sunshine, but vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. So we, we supplement what we get from sunshine by our diet with the best, best sources being kind of uh, liver or kidneys or sardines and egg yolk. Um, and so again, if you're plant-based, you, you know, you need to be mindful of, of, of your vitamin D as well. Yep. So being, I guess, knowledgeable, and I, I suppose this is a real kind of call to action for listeners. If you're going, what are these things and, and what do I need to be doing? It's important to speak to someone like yourself who has this knowledge base to be able to look at your diet and to support you to supplement as needed. Because this, this point about not being able to, you know, regardless of your diet, meet the RDAs. So the recommended daily, what mm. does the A mean again? Alas, yeah. <laughs> Allowance, um, not being able yep. to meet Daily that. Allowance. The allowances leaves us really vulnerable, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. I mean, at the end of the day, we have you know biochemical pathways that are dependent on these nutrients as cofactors for these pathways to work. And so if we start getting deficient in them, invariably, you're not going to see disease. You need to be very low to see disease. But what you're going to see is a, a rate limitation of that pathway, which may mean you know lower energy. It may mean um, lower mood. It may mean... Um, you don't sleep as well. Uh, and, and so they, they're just kind of, they, they subclinically impact your quality of life in a really big way. Yeah. And with that, you know, talking through the foods, you mentioned the, that our daily diet, like our modern diet, but also the foods we're consuming might be impacting. So you have chosen to move to a farm to grow all your own, you know, fruit and vegetable for the most part. What does this mean for people who perhaps don't live live on a farm? Are there other options? Like would farmers sure, markets be more appropriate yeah. or where where do we need to yeah. go? That's a great, I, there's like all things in life, there's levels. And so, um, you know, I, I just, I wanted to take it to this level. And, but, you know, if you're able to grow your own, even just growing some own, your own greens and some, some of your own kale or spinach is going to be amazing. Um, and then, you know, from there is, is shopping local, um, fresh, local, uh, organic, ideally. Um, that's not always possible, obviously. And then, and then from there, you know, just trying to get as many vegetables in as possible. Um, and so these are all, all kind of steps that, that are available to us. And we get to, you know, we get to play the level, play the game at whatever level you want to play. Um, and, you know, even though I, I, um, you know, eat, a, eat obviously a, a, a pretty amazing diet, um, I still supplement because, you know, even with the diet I'm, I'm eating, I, I'm not able to get everything I need. Um, and so, so don't make yourself wrong for not being able to do that. You know, don't make yourself wrong for not being able to eat organic or anything like that. Would be my, you know, because um, 
stress stress is one of the biggest problems and so if you're getting stressed about what you're eating um that's going to probably be more detrimental than than eating that food anyway all right so um so yeah just i think that the the balance is very important and that sort of the 80 20 rule is also very important for mental health so do the best you can with what you've got available and and then supplement. So lead us into kind of a bit of uh, an understanding of B-Pure because this is this is really your baby, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like like I kind of mentioned, it, it, it started, um, you know, initially when when I started looking at getting the nutrients from diet and, and being unable to get the nutrients from 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 the diet. And then I started looking at well what 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 do you, what do we need as a population to kind of get because there's there's another level which is called the suggested optimal nutritional allowance. So the RDA recommended daily allowance is the minimum we need and suggested optimal nutritional allowance is, is kind of optimal for the population. Obviously we all have different genes, we all have different expressions, but that's for a population level. And so I then started looking at well, what do we need to take to to get to that level and so with with the clients i was working with and this is going back sort of 13 years um I, you know i was recommending they were having you know, probably most of them were taking probably eight different products you know they were taking a magnesium they were taking a b vitamin product they were taking some zinc some iodine you know some fish oils macro minerals trace minerals and and we we're getting incredible results and people were like, this is, I, I feel the best I felt in years, but it's a, it's a pain in the ass taking all these supplements and they all run <laughs> yeah. out at different times and it's expensive. It was like over $400 to buy them. And, and, um, and they're like, is there not one supplement that I could just take that has all these things in? And I was like, no, there's not, there's not one thing that's got, you know, what's, what's missing in the modern world. Not one thing that's missing in the soils. There's not, you know, not one thing that's missing because of what, um, modern food conveniences so for example like vitamin c and 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 then one day a lady looked at me and she and i was telling her this and she was like she goes well can't you make one and i would never considered you know manufacturing um manufacturing nutritional products and i was like huh and i was like that, that's a really good idea and i was really to be honest with just thinking about myself because i was taking them all and it was a pain in the ass and i'm like if i could just open one bottle and take something that kind of covered all those things that would be awesome and so um long story short i ended up at one of the largest uh, manufacturers in the world in, in north america and bpl1 was born and so yeah since then we've we we now have 15 products in our range um all designed for me base levels is take a high quality multi a high quality fish oil if you if you eat fish otherwise uh, uh, another DHA, would that be an alternative looking at another source yeah yeah absolutely yeah dha from algae if you're plant-based or um or you know flaxseed oil if you're if you're under 35 is going to be great um and so yeah uh, and so it's kind of it's kind of built out from there so yeah it's 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 wonderful that we get to support so many people uh, with their daily health habits and uh yeah we get uh incredible reviews for our products and it's uh, very very satisfying well that's an interesting point in regards to the reviews because this is something that you are putting a lot of energy into creating high quality you know formulations high quality products for people because not all supplements are created equal so this is something i think listeners might want to be mindful of when you know you hear about zinc or vitamin d or vitamin a oh, just yeah. grabbing it off the shelf doesn't necessarily mean that you're getting the best um bang no. For your luck, even if it seems cheaper. Exactly right. Exactly right. I mean, um, 
invariably, you know, in life, I think we've, most of us have been around long enough to know that we get, we get what you pay for. And, um, you know, you can get some very cheap forms of zinc, zinc oxide, for example, uh, which the absorption rates are very, very low. So you, you're not really going to, not really going to get the benefit. You're not going to absorb it. And so, you know, ideally you've got to be looking for products that, that are, are chelated, attached to proteins. Um, there's real challenges in Australia, um, with the TGA that they, they, they limit actually a lot of the best forms. So you're actually not allowed to use them in Australia. Um, and, and so, um, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so for example, chelated boron, uh, it's, it's not, not allowed. You have to use borax, which is like a, it's, it's, it's kind of like a laundry powder, um, as a form of boron, uh, in products. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, so there's a lot of different forms uh, out there, and, and and so you know you want to make sure you're getting as as good a product as, as you can. So how can listeners, you know, find you, work with you? What's the best way way forward if someone's like, wow, this is something I really want to explore? Where where can they connect, Ben? Sure. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously through social channels, which is Be Pure Ben Warren. And um, obviously you know, we're an education company first and foremost. So we, you know, we, uh, you know, at the end of the day, just it's, it's my passion to educate. I've been blessed to learn this stuff. And so, you know, it's, I love, love to just share it as you can tell. Yeah. Um, and, and then also our website, it's a New Zealand based website. So it's Be Pure dot uh, co dot nz we are able to ship uh, overnight to australia to the eastern eastern seaports um overnight and so uh, and also with our clinic we are able to service australia as well through our clinic um and so yeah we, we've got a, a number of avenues there that we can help if people need it do you ship to north america as well just because i know some listeners are based um are based in canada and america I believe we ship all over the uh, all over the world. It's some, oh, fantastic some of the countries have for different, everyone different, listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I think last year we shipped to about thirty odd countries, but uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Well, I've got something. Got an incredible person, Kay, who who runs that side of the business. Yeah. And so she she knows all about it. I I, I unfortunately don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure listeners can find out on your website. So going to bepure.co.nz, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes as well as putting links to all of your social media platforms and the gut health video in the show notes too so that listeners can connect and yeah soak up your wisdom the educational resources that you're providing Ben are incredible and I think all of the listeners and myself you know would be feeling right now your energy and enthusiasm for this topic this is a really really informative opportunity for all of us so thank you no you're welcome thank you so much for having you on your show and uh, I'd love, love to meet you in person one day Yes, I'm sure when um, when COVID restrictions lift, we'll be able to have an in-person catch-up. So I'll look forward to that. Sounds great. All the best. Thanks again. Well, I hope you found this interview with Ben Warren as interesting and as actionable as I did. I know tomorrow morning I'm going to be putting some lemon in my water and starting off the day on a good note as well as maybe buying some corn. It was also really interesting to consider, you know, Ben's own journey and how different food intolerances might be affecting us in unexpected ways. If you do have a moment, it would mean the world to me if you just take a couple minutes to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. I've created a bit of a how-to leave a review if you go to the show notes, www.drcaitlin.com, and there you can also download the handout on Ben's 10 Tips for Better Gut Health.
Of course, also check out Ben's amazing YouTube video. The link will be in the show notes and head on over to bepure.co.nz to be able to check out the amazing resources as well as supplements that Ben is offering through Be Pure. Well, wishing you a wonderful week. I'm looking forward to connecting next Wellbeing Wednesday. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Wisdom for Wellbeing podcast. Please visit drcaitlin.com to connect, find show notes, other episodes, and to subscribe. While you're at it, if you find value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating or perhaps simply tell a friend about the show. Wisdom for Wellbeing is not a substitute for professional, individualized mental health treatment. If you are in crisis, please contact 000, your local emergency number if you are outside of Australia, or attend your local hospital ED.